1: You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. We are sponsored, as you know, if you've been with us for any length of time, by CFS Financial. That is uh, my company that consults with Christian schools primarily and other parachurch ministries, other 501c3s across the country on matters relating to all things financial, but with a special focus on debt negotiation and reconciliation and those kinds of issues. You can find us at johnwarrenmedia.com. There's a tab for CFS Financial. You can also go to cfsfinancial.net. That will take you directly to that landing page. Please don't hesitate to send along an email to me uh, using the contact form on the website or uh, send an email directly to john at johnwarrenmedia.com. Well, today's episode of relentless truth is a peculiar one i'm asking you to stay with me through this episode because this is going to feel like i am speaking to directly to a very small group of people and i am there there is a controversy there is a conflict uh, they they won't like this characterization, and i I, I there you know, I'm in a tough spot here because the the parties involved in this issue are not going to like my choice of words at various stages here. So I'm going to ask you to listen as well uh, as my audience, and I'll make that make sense in just a moment. This is an open episode to the Bob Jones University Board of Directors and Steve Pettit, their president, their current president. You probably, my regular listeners, have not necessarily heard about the controversy there that has been brewing for some time. You've heard about other controversies there over over a long period of time, and you probably have a, a view of that university that doesn't match the reality on the ground at that university. The the students there, the faculty there, the administration there realize that the, the culture has been renewed. The, the values, the, the biblical truth that underpins the university remains the same or very similar to, they proclaim truth as I try to do on, on this podcast. That's the short way to say it. They, they, they believe in the gospel. They believe in justification by faith. They believe They understand who God is, who man is, and how God relates to man. As you do, uh, relentless truth listener. So, but they've had their share of controversy over the years on on various issues, and we're not going to litigate those. But I, I, I want this episode to be an open episode, like an open letter that the public can hear, but it, it is addressed to the board of directors of Bob Jones University and to Steve Pettit personally, their current president. And I'm going to bring the listener up to speed rather quickly and summarily uh, without a lot of detail, but Steve Pettit has been, I believe, the president of that university for nine years. I met him when my daughter, back then, he had been in the role for about a month, and I met him on a day. uh, There were a couple of people in the administration who graciously set up a meeting for us during our college tour. And many of you have taken your young people on tours of colleges. And this was this was that kind of tour where somebody in admissions, uh, a guy who I I can't remember his name, but he was very nice, very capable, gave us a tour of the campus and and uh, and so on. And we we watched video. We toured the campus. We did all the usual things. And then we had the blessing of having lunch there, meeting a, a lady who's in the administration and also getting to sit down with Steve Pettit, the newly installed president, for about 30 minutes. And then we went to another part of the building and met with Dr. Bob Jones III, who I believe was the uh, chancellor, I'm sorry, he might still be the chancellor of the university. And we had lovely meetings with both of these gentlemen. Something that I don't talk about often is the fact that I am an alumnus of Bob Jones University. I graduated there in 1981 with a business degree. And I went on to go to graduate school to enjoy a long career in banking. I think I've talked about my personal testimony in various contexts, my banking story here. So I'm not gonna go through all that. But there you know, there's, there's some good, some bad, and some ugly in in this story in my personal story as it relates to bob jones university and and I have there are some theological issues that I struggled with when I left you know and i I was rebellious and there you know m- most of that was my fault, but i I didn't think fondly of the university for a long time, so suffice it to say um when I began to hear about changes under Stephen Jones' leadership before Steve Pettit was installed as president, I was relieved. I was pleased. I joined the Alumni Association, uh, which I hadn't been a part of. I became a lifetime member, and I began to kind of pay attention a little bit. It's not been something that I've been comfortable talking about a lot because I don't want to disparage work that God has done, and, and I just don't, and I won't. And I know some of you are cringing, and you're thinking, "You idiot! How could you go to school there?" And they're so narrow-minded, and they they do this or that, or they were racist at one point. And, and 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 there's there's some criticisms you can lay at their feet over the years that that they deserve. There's also a sovereign God, and God has blessed that work. I was communicating with someone who is there, who is an employee of the university, and they said. They they actually pointed to the good that that came from this, this period that I'm talking about when I was there. And they're right. There was good that came from my experience there. One thing is the rigor there was incredible at that time. I can't attest to their rigor today, but I would imagine it's still a place with academic rigor. Uh, there's also kind of a military school style discipline in place back then. I think that has been relaxed a little bit. I think that's a good thing. But I learned some self-discipline that I needed. Academically, I, I learned how to write and I learned how to speak. I didn't want to take that freshman speech class with that mean lady who made me learn how to stand correctly and speak correctly and use notes correctly, but I'm grateful for it all these years later. I didn't enjoy freshman English because it was tedious and then we had these these separate I don't know what they were called tutorial labs or something that were painful on Tuesday afternoon with a graduate assistant who was very gracious, but demanding. And so, so there was good that came out of this. There were some business people, uh, business professors who were very good. And, and so when I went to graduate school to get my MBA a few years later, that was easy. That was, I mean, it, it was informative. I learned, I learned from a lot of, a lot of professors who were very good there, but I went to a a good sized state school in Florida and, and, and and learned, you know, I refined my knowledge of accounting and finance and management and marketing and economics and statistics and all those things. But those classes as a whole were easy compared to my undergraduate experience. And I know those who are listening from Bob Jones University say, oh yeah, we hear this all the time. And, And so, so, yes, there's good that has occurred there over the years. They they made some strategic mistakes. I think they had a very odd, narrow lane theologically for a while. I, I think of oh, people like Ian Paisley from Ireland, who was a regular speaker there for various things, and, and others. And there were some in the administration who, who really, I don't think, understood what a Christian worldview is and certainly not some of the nuance of, of theology. And, you, you know, I could criticize and and nitpick and go on, but that, that's not the point of this conversation. The point of this conversation is Steve Pettit has been a very strong leader for this university. He has altered public perception of this university. He's made me proud, and I, I'm not a personal friend of his, but he's made me proud to be an alumnus in a sense. And I've been watching closely as he's made changes that allow the students to be human and have frankly improved the reputation of the school. That set of facts, if I walked through all the things I'm thinking of as I say that is irrefutable. And he's done so while clinging to the gospel. He is a Christ follower he encourages Christ-following, and most importantly, he has focused the university, with respect to its students, in my humble opinion, from this distance, on making disciples. Discipleship is a hallmark of his administration. Now, I, I know that he is a depraved sinner. My theology informs me on, on the implications of the fall. And I know that, that he is a depraved sinner. And I know that this board is populated by depraved sinners. We all, we all understand that. I am a depraved sinner. As I talk to you, I'm, I'm doing so imperfectly. My choice of words will certainly not be perfect. My prayer is that I glorify God with the input that I'm giving you. And so far, I haven't given you any input. I'm just giving you background. But we have a situation that developed on this board and this Bob Jones University board over time and the board members, you're going to, you're going to be thinking, well, you can't possibly know all of the ins and outs. You can't possibly know all the communication. You can't possibly know all the mistakes Steve made and Steve's probably thinking, yeah. And he also doesn't know all the mistakes the board made. So yes, I, I don't know, but I have spent my career over the last 10 years focused on working with Christian nonprofits, Christian organizations, Christian schools, both K through 12 and colleges and universities. And, and, and there's, there's a list of, of over 200 of these organizations I've, I've helped, I've worked with now. And some other parachurch ministries and a couple of, a handful of churches along the way. That hasn't been my focus for no reason other than bandwidth but I've worked with those organizations and I know some patterns. I see some patterns. I wrote a book about it called the financial rescue plan for nonprofits uh, about eight years ago, I, I nine years ago. I, I know that, you know, it's something about human nature. I've studied, I've been a student of theology. I teach uh, and I've been able to, to teach both 11th and 12th graders and, and adults uh, uh, just finished a series on Romans in my church and, and, I, and I, I have a good grasp on, on what, who man is, who God is, and how God relates to man. Is it perfect? No. Am I still learning? Absolutely, yes. And I hope I'm learning the rest of my life. But after 30 years in banking, I have a good idea of how corporations work, how groups of people function, how boards function. And the work over the last nine years has, or nine or 10 years, has, has really solidified that it's allowed me to use it, use that experience, that banking experience in a, in a nonprofit Christian ministry setting. So having said all of that, I want to talk about just one more background issue. And then I want to get into the meat of this conversation. I went into this work thinking that I understood it, that I would be finding financing resources Christian schools I didn't know when I started this work that that K through 12 Christian schools in particular and Christian colleges and universities are experiencing a crisis really because of our culture. I mean, I, I can go through a list of things that are common threads. We've been myopic as Christians in some respects. That doesn't mean we're not modern, but it means that we kind of deliver the way we always delivered. There's this, there's this focus on purity that I love and value. I don't believe we have to compromise our, our doctrine, our theology, but, but there's some mistakes that we've made and there are some challenges associated with uh, working in groups. Boards of directors for nonprofits have a fiduciary duty. The Bob Jones University Board understands that, I'm sure. I'm sure they have attorneys who advise them on what this duty means and doesn't mean. I'm not going to get into the weeds and talk about reasonable man, reasonable person, the best efforts, and all all those distinctions. I, I'm going to kind of focus on biblical stewardship, and I'm not going to get in the weeds there but but we are in short, God owns it all, and we are stewarding his resources on this earth that is that is shorthand for a lot of a beautiful biblical truth and that everybody involved, everybody listening to this at Bob Jones university, probably including Steve Pettit understands those doctrines. So I'm not going to spend a lot of time discussing them, but what I, what I am going to say is I have been incredibly disappointed over the years in the boards of Christian schools who do things collectively that no individual would have condoned individually. There's a group mentality that happens, and groups become dysfunctional. I am not calling the Bob Jones University Board of Directors names. I'm not doing that. I'm just telling you that the culture in a board is difficult to maintain, and I would imagine that has been true of this board. I can't imagine, with humans involved, that wouldn't be the case. And so institutional culture is also difficult, And one of the things, for example, that Steve Pettit would say, based on my my praise of his changing the culture at the university and improving it, he would say, oh, no, that's not me. That's a that's a that's a group of lieutenants or 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 whatever they call them in administration, deans and, and others. This is this is a group of people. This isn't Steve Pettit's school. This isn't something he did alone. He would be the first to acknowledge that, I'm sure. He probably cringed at at my praise of him earlier in this mm-hmm. conversation. I learned during my banking career to sit down, to be able to sit down with people and pretty quickly size them up from a character standpoint, from a do they know what they're talking about standpoint? Do they do they speak in clear terms? Do they think strategically and with vision and, and are, are they smart? And Steve checked all of those boxes on that day that I described at the beginning of, of this conversation. Um, is he perfect? No, but he, he, he checked those boxes. I then had a lovely meeting with my daughter and Dr. Bob Jones, the who was most gracious and kind and was kind of on his, he had transitioned previously to a different role. They were that day we were there. They were moving his office to a less, probably a less glamorous uh setting uh, for lack of a better way to put it and he was just most gracious about all of that and prayed with us and it was a, a lovely time but in this work that I've done I've realized that I'm not just finding wall street firms to replace commercial banks like I thought I might do firms like uh, T Rowe Price like BlackRock and others who do have an appetite to finance under certain conditions with certain liquidity leverage and solvency standards met Christian pre K through 12 and college and university schools. But I learned that in so doing, I'm going to have to get involved in strategic planning in governance. And then with that comes lots of interfacing with boards of directors. And one of the things that, one of the unpleasant parts and yet there's beauty in it of the work that I do is I've had to referee some board squabbles and, and they range from, you know, a, a rogue board member here or there, or, or a divided board to a board that's just ready to just pull the rip cord and blow it all up because they're angry at each other. One in particular was a four versus four, eight member board and, and they had had just about enough of each other. There was a newly elected chairman who was very gracious and invited me to come up on a Saturday and have a gathering. And, and we, we talked about biblical truth. We talked about best governance models. We talked about forgiveness. We talked about repentance. We talked about all of those things. We focused on restoration without compromising biblical truth, absolute truth. And so all of that informs me as I look at this situation with Bob Jones University. And, and again, that knowledge isn't perfect, but that, that's a lot of seasoning that gives me the ability, I think, to look at this situation and make some observations that, that I, I believe are, are, are poignant and, and I believe the Bob Jones University board and Steve Pettit would be wise to listen to this. You, have, you find yourselves... In a position that both of you have called, both the board and Steve, have called untenable. You have each said things about each other that were probably not wise. You probably have regrets and you certainly have fears about the future. You have discomfort probably with where you are right now, both of you. And I understand that. So, what happened? So, everybody knows is there there was a Steve's contract, Steve Pettit's contract had a maturity date uh, last year at the end of the year, near the end of the year, and and the board struggled to renew the contract. Uh, w- struggled with renewal terms, and I'm I'm just I'm going to leave out all, all the all the detail and just say that it you know it was a it was a period of struggle. They eventually had a vote and they've all reported on this vote and who, who knows what the truth is. Only people who were on the board at the time know how the vote went, but there were, there were accusations by Steve Pettit that there were, there were private meetings that had occurred and all kinds of things on, on both sides. And yet I, I think by a narrow margin, the board agreed to renew his contract and that announcement happened and then the, whatever acrimony there was apparently continued, uh, apparently a man named John Lewis, Dr. John Lewis, who was chairman of the board was involved, uh, maybe in, in covert meetings and so on. And, and, and it, it, it just became an untenable situation and, and Steve Pettit resigned. Uh, if I recall correctly, it was at the end of March of this year and he had, warned the board that he was going to and then and then resigned and then there might have been ongoing discussions and the board uh, a few days ago announced that they've accepted his resignation and everybody's moving on i don't really have any detailed insider information that sheds any light on 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 this and i'm sure if you're a board member there you're thinking yeah if you only knew this you would change your view and Steve might be thinking, yeah, if you only knew these facts, you might also change your view. And I, I don't really need to know the he said, she said, because I, I, have, I have a biblical worldview and I'm going to try to give you input that I would give you if I were in the room with you, regardless of the he said, she said, and all the facts. I think today the board of directors feels fearful. Now, they've changed out some board members they have a new chairman who who my goodness is really well regarded by by everyone and they've made some good moves to prepare for the future no question about that the alumni base and and students and and some faculty i'm sure and some administrators i'm sure and some staff i'm sure have said well wait a minute we love steve and we like the direction we're going in And I would imagine the board is going to be communicating soon. I sure hope they are that don't worry. We're going to, we're going to continue this, the positive things that have gone on and we're going to find a new leader and life is good. And here's an interim plan. What, whatever that means. And, and, and I'm I'm sure everybody involved is trying hard to do the right thing, but I, I want, I want to urge you to consider this board members. You you've lost some trust, With Steve, because he he tried to hold you hostage. I'm I'm using shorthand, but he he tried to force you to do some things because he found his situation untenable, and he got out too far over his skis a little bit. That's just my opinion from the facts I know, and I don't know all the facts. I'm going to stop qualifying that, and that's probably where you are, and you're probably afraid that if we allow that. We lose credibility of some kind or control or whatever it is. There's fear involved in your reaction to this situation. Steve is probably thinking, well, yes, the, but the board did some things that a board can't do and we lost trust. I lost trust and I have to leave because I lost trust. And I just want to argue this with both of you. You're acting and I, this isn't harsh criticism, but stay with me. You're acting just like the world does with conflict resolution. And, and I want to challenge you that restoration is possible here. It, it feels impossible. It feels like an impasse. We use words like untenable, and I don't like those words. We use words like this is done. I've heard people say, I'm done. And the other party looks at him and says, well, I'm done. And they're done. And they storm out. But eventually, and at some point, people realize that repentance, that restoration, that esteeming each other's needs, and I know about fiduciary duty and institutional concerns. I know what your duties as directors are, and I know about legacy and all those things you want to protect. But I'm going to tell you right now, you can protect all those things and be gracious to Steve Pettit and Steve Pettit, you can be gracious with this board and you can sit in a room and, and this ought to happen soon. I mean, within days you can, you can get together and work through your challenges and come back together and announce to a watching world that there's been forgiveness and restoration and that you're moving forward together with Steve Pettit as the president of Bob Jones University. Now, before, before you click the off button here and say that guy's, that guy's an idiot and doesn't understand the following facts that led to this happening, or he's uninformed and he does I'm not completely uninformed. I am informed on scripture. I'm informed on Rom- Romans 12, the unmemorized part. 3 through the end of the chapter, verse 3 through the end of the chapter. I know how we're supposed to act in community. I know that it is God who chooses to gift us in various ways. Folks who are on the board, God placed you on this board, and I understand your, your fiduciary duty, your stewardship duty. I understand those duties, and they are huge, they are significant. They, they create a lump in your throat as you think about those duties, as you think about your students, as you think about the organization, its image and all the rest. I understand all of that, but having Steve Pettit stay on as president gives you continuity. It shows the watching world that Christians aren't just like us. There's restoration, there's forgiveness, there's love. There's grace. Both sides have made significant mistakes here. Significant. And yet both sides, I would argue, have had at their core good intentions. There are just times where conflict occurs. And and you both, through a series of events that I would just call unfortunate, they're, they're not unfortunate in God's providence. All things work together for good. We know that. To those who are the called according to his purpose, important to say the rest of that. But but it, it looks like a series of, of errors that were emotional, and there are regrets, and they're not irrecoverable or irreconcilable. There's not so much acrimony that you can't sit down and resolve this. And I just wanna urge you to do so because look at the signal you would send. You don't realize this, but this, these cultural issues are a, and, and, and this volatility, this period you're in right now, It's a colorless odorless gas that can cause a cascading that could make you end up like some Christian universities I've worked with and experienced and know about some of your board members know about them where they start a cascading of events and they and they and they have to close their doors. I'm I'm not suggesting that if Steve Pettit isn't your president, you're going to have to close your doors. But I am saying that, you know, good people leave under these conditions. And you, you have not done a good job with PR here. You've not won the PR battle. And I know you think that's not dignified, but, but there are some things that you've got to communicate and you can't say, well, we're, we're, we're going to install an interim plan and that plan is going to continue all the good things Steve Pettit did, but we're parting ways with Steve Pettit. Have a nice day. You're going to lose key stakeholders. You're going to lose some of the momentum that has been built. You're going to lose some of the culture. The watching community is saying, including me, well, is this really a victory by some of the, the more draconian element that are, that are going to kind of swing the pendulum back in the other direction and go back to the old days that that's that, regardless of what you're hearing, that's the fear. And you probably have faculty and staff that are obviously afraid and, and unsure and and you might you might not be getting that feedback but that's that's what all of the constituent communities at least some players in all of those constituent communities have as concerns so i would suggest a a, a more robust pr plan for one thing but i would also suggest that you make the first decision box on the flowchart is there a way to sit down and try to reconcile with Steve Pettit. I want to give you a, a couple of very specific things to think about. This is none of my business. And I'm not hired by you and I'm not I'm not on your board and I, I I'm not I don't work for the university. I'm not I, I I don't have a dog in the fight, as they say, other than my care. And I wanna suggest this. Why don't you build a contract? You you can't you can't with an employment agreement. Law, your lawyers will tell you that you you can't restore trust with an employment agreement. But you can restore trust if you sit down with each other and have a discussion enough that an employment agreement might get you over the finish line. Why don't you hire Steve for ten years, and why don't you make it difficult in that agreement for him to leave? in employment agreement terms, for no good reason. So for those who don't know, employment agreements generally work like this. There's termination for cause, there's termination without cause, there's resignation for good reason, and there's resignation without good reason. That's kind of, that, that's kind of the extent of it. You can, you can anticipate some other eventualities, but, but why don't you make it punitive if Steve ever frivolously or otherwise resigns without good reason? Have him commit and i know they're the lawyers are cringing as i say this you don't understand cuz south carolina law prevails and this is required and that's well, that's that's all fine but but conceptually i think you could get there and you could also build in some things that if he were to do them that are particularly egregious could lead to you being able to terminate him and you can build financial incentives on on both sides of this both both with cause and without cause and for good reason and without good reason that make everybody play well together you can provide some clarity you've you've hired a chairman now who will communicate well with him you can do some things to ensure that they don't grow apart you could do some board training and i think you need to i, I don't know what you've done to this point but that says that private meetings with board members and 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 others is just not healthy and we won't do it. You need to, to kind of, you probably already have made this commitment, but you need to recommit to that. But mostly you need, to, you need to agree to do what Paul says in Romans 12, and that is love each other. He uses two words. He uses the agape for, for how we're to love each other in, in Christian community. And then he, then he uses the word for brotherly love, phileo or Philadelphia. And we're to, we're to outdo each other in showing each other kindness, and you need to commit to doing that. Your success and Steve Pettit's success, if you do do go forward, are intertwined. They are related to each other. And I know all about, again, your fiduciary duty. I understand it. I understand there are checks and balances that you have to perform. But practically speaking, there is no reason whatsoever for acrimony because you are both saved by grace through faith. It is, after all, Christ died for all of you and made you in his image. And I would suggest that that common ground that you share is enough basis for reconciliation, and it would be shameful if you don't at least, and I, I know you're thinking, well, we tried, and we called, and we did this. I, I don't know what you did. i am be guessing that there's been some back-channel conversations and all that. There always are in these situations. And you said, yeah, we tried, we failed, it ran its course, and we're not going back. Well, why not? You know why not? Because you're afraid and you have pride. That's just it. There's fear where there's fear. There's pride. There's drawing lines in the sand. And if Steve needs to humble himself, he needs to humble himself too. And everybody needs to get together and think about the best interest of the university. Stop the back channel nonsense. Get the stakeholders who, who make decisions, the board and Steve, in a room and work through. It might be a committee of the board, the executive committee, or it might just be the chairman. I don't know. But it's important to address this and, and you don't have time and everything's not okay. I don't care what you're hearing from faculty and staff and students. You're going to lose people and, and this, is, this is shameful, but you're, you're going to lose athletes. You're going to lose students and, and they're not going to come in and knock on your door and say, hey, goodbye, I'm leaving. They're going to go away quietly. And you're going to lose momentum. High school students who were thinking about coming there because things have been new, because there's a new culture, because there's a better culture, because the focus has been where it should be. They're going to start second guessing those decisions and competitors would be glad to have them. This is a competitive landscape. It's mostly competitive because of worldview. Because the world is a postmodern secularist world. That opposes everything you do anyway, and I just don't want to see you, because of your fear and pride, capitulate to all the negative forces, all of the sin that is in this world. I want you to lock arms together. I want to beg you, plead with you, lock arms together, and make an announcement soon about restoration, it's not a victory for Steve Pettit if you hire him for a longer period of time. And it's not a victory for you if you don't. And you're not setting the stage for the future by, by saying, you see, he resigned and we told him, there you go. So nobody in the future will resign frivolously. Or if we conversely, if we take him back and we do this restorative thing, then, then we're, we're subject to this happening again. No, you're not. Not if you all make the right commitments to each other. I don't know John Lewis. I'm not going to disparage him. But, but if, if, if what he did covertly, what, what he's been accused of covertly doing is true, then he ought to be ashamed of himself. And I bet he is. We've all made plenty of mistakes, though. I'm not condemning him harshly. I know there's probably a set of justifying reasons in his head for the things that he did. But it's very important. I mean, let's go to another part of Romans just real quickly. The strong bearing with the weak. You know, Paul spells that out. If, you, if you've never read it, read uh, second half of Romans 13, uh, 14 and 15 about how conscience informs us and how we're to live in community. It's so important for us to get this right and to have harmonious relationships. And it would be a great testimony to the watching world. If you reconciled by God's grace, I was able to be part of a team of really smart people. I got to serve as their president and CEO through through three iterations of community banks. And we enjoyed financial success that none of us could have contemplated. And yet we experienced all of the challenges that you're dealing with at Bob Jones University. And I've been able to take that experience and apply it in all of these organizations that I've had the joy of working with, with incredible people who are dedicated to the gospel who are Christ-centric in their lives, who, who know scripture, know the depths of scripture, and still struggle with relationships. And one of the common threads that I see in all of these organizations, including Bob Jones University, is that you're dealing with a bunch of humans who are depraved. That is inescapable. There is no amount of sanctification that makes us bulletproof from these interpersonal challenges. It's just so important for you to stop and lock arms together. You have more in common then you realize there's not been so much water under the bridge or use whatever cliche you'd like to use that this isn't reconcilable. And I want to urge you to reconcile many of, you know, me and you know the various roles that I have in organizations around Orlando and in other parts of the country. You know, the work that I do, you know, about the podcast, you know, about CFS financial, you know, about my teaching, you know, about my board service, and, and you're probably thinking, well, yeah, there's, there's, there's been conflict in, in, in several places. Yes, it, it is. You, you can look at my own life and see the, that, that I have experienced firsthand some of these challenges. I've handled them really well at times, and I've handled them horribly at times. That informs me very personally, very directly on the human condition on who is man. But the beauty in this is I also know who God is. I can look at God and Israel. I can look at God and all the old Testament characters. I can look at the new Testament. I can see the life of Paul. I can see the Judaizers. I can see the Jewish people and the Gentile people at the church at Rome and, and the challenges throughout the first century church, the challenges Paul's ministry encountered. And I can conclude That yes, this is the human condition. Conflict resolution skills are not necessarily strengths in Christian community. And they should be. We should be ashamed of ourselves. Because a watching world looks at us and says, you see there, those Christians can't get along. You see there, they're hypocrites. Well, what they're really saying is that they hate God. Just like scripture explains that we all do in our flesh but I think this is a wonderful gospel opportunity. It's a wonderful opportunity to advance God's kingdom. It's a wonderful opportunity to make disciples. It would be a wonderful testimony to a watching world and this great university. And yes, it's great for those of you who don't think it is, who remember it from its past, from its press in the past. You're wrong. It is a great institution. I am proud to be graduate of the institution now, and I want to continue to be proud. And I want to beg, plead with this board and Steve Pettit to reconcile. Is he the only guy who can run that university? Nope. But leadership is important. Leadership qualities are undervalued. This man has them. He loves this university. He's entrenched in this university. He has loyalty among the administration staff and faculty and and that that is not I don't want to hear that that's that's he's created some kind of acrimony or or his image is tainted nope this is recoverable you can work this out you can talk this through you can communicate well with your constituents and you can tell the watching world the board and Steve Pettit have reconciled. He has reconsidered his resignation and he's staying on as our leader. And we are thrilled to announce that. So I know that God's will will be done. I rest in that. I'm not, uh, I'm just asking, I'm I'm not looking to get some outcome that goes against uh, what God has for Bob Jones university, but I know human nature and I'm asking you to consider these facts. I'm asking you to consider this path. I'm asking you to try harder, to reconcile. I hope that's been helpful for those who are regular listeners of Relentless Truth. I would imagine this conversation has been odd. It is heavy on my heart. It comes up more times than you can you would imagine there is just conflict among people we need to commit as Christians to resolving conflict biblically. And that that does not mean I get so sick and tired of hearing people say, well, uh, I'm going to invoke Matthew 18. You're not invoking anything. God invoked Matthew 18 by putting it in scripture. So there, there are lots of concepts that we can go to that lead us through uh, conflict resolution. This, this notion of loving each other, steaming the needs, outdoing each other and showing each other kindness is not something we're fond of. And then Paul transitions in Romans 12 to, we got to do this with our enemies, And, and that that's just not something that our flesh likes. It's something that we ought to commit to. I'm not suggesting that Bob Jones university's board and Steve Pettit are enemies, but I am suggesting that the principles apply. All right. I hope that's helpful. Please like, share, review, and subscribe to relentless truth. We'll be back next week with another episode. Thank you for enduring this unusual episode and it's interruption. I hope these biblical truths are important to you. I look forward to being with you again next time.
0: Thanks for listening to Relentless Truth with John Warren. Please consider sharing this podcast and subscribe to receive future episodes. Connect with John regarding your comments, questions, and show ideas through johnwarrenmedia.com or at John Warren Media on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. That's all for this episode. Join us next week for another edition of Relentless Truth with John Warren.